guys, welcome back to our teaching in the book of Exodus. Now, the last time we were here, we were in chapter 24, where God ratified his covenant with the nation of Israel. That is, he took the nation of Israel for his own special, peculiar people. And basically what we saw was, there was the reading of the covenant in the, he in the hearing of the elders of Israel. That is, as they stood representative for all of the people, this was the covenant that God had given to Moses, inclusive of the Ten Commandments, which we already read in chapter 20. All of the, all of the Israelites agreed to the covenant. They agreed to be bound by the covenant in obedience to God. And it was at that time that certain sacrifices were made and blood was poured upon the altar, representing God, and blood was sprinkled upon the people or the elders of the people simply representing the people. And after the people were brought into, a covenant was cut. The people were brought into covenant with God. The elders of Israel went up the mountain to enjoy a meal, that is, which was basically considered a type of a peace offering with God. So they had a peace offering with God. After that, they came back down from the mountain and Moses left Aaron and Ur in charge of the people. And as far as he himself, he went up to the mountain to receive further instructions from God, which we understand would become the covenant law. OK, so now that we're through with that, we're going to get into chapter 25 and we're going to deal with basically the making of the tabernacle. Now, I'm going to deal with this a little bit different than what I usually do. So as I actually read the scriptures for a lot of a great portion of it, I'm going to talk or explain and provide commentary on the fly as I read. Now, don't get too discouraged because of the, the meticulous nature of what God is giving Moses, because he is giving Moses specific instructions for the building of the tabernacle. I won't get into all of the details for much of it is self-explanatory. But as I do walk through the particular pieces that are involved in the building of the tabernacle, I will give a spiritual um, insight as to what these things represent. Okay. So now before we get into chapter 25 and dealing with the building of the tabernacle, it is necessary for us to understand that the tabernacle was merely a dwelling place, a tent, a dwelling place where God could dwell amongst his people. And in all of these things, in all of the tabernacle, that material dwelling place of God, it speaks of Christ. And each article in the tabernacle, in some way or another, speaks of Christ. And why is this the case? Because as John told us in chapter one, it was Jesus who tabernacled, dwell, that word is literally in the Greek, tabernacle. Jesus himself tabernacled amongst us and we saw his glory. And the tabernacle, as we will see in the Old Testament or here in the law that we're speaking of now, because there's not a temple built here, but the tabernacle speaks of the glory of God dwelling with his people. So again, the idea of the tabernacle as well as the articles is, it speaks of Christ and many and in many ways, it speaks of something that the Lord provides 
or the Lord will accomplish or about the Lord Jesus himself. Okay. Now, with all of that said and done, let's just go into chapter 25. This shouldn't be long, but um, we're going to try to make it as concise as possible. Okay. Then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, tell the sons of Israel to raise a contribution for me from every man whose heart moves him. You shall raise my contribution. This is the contribution which you are to raise from them. Gold, silver, bronze, blue, purple, scarlet material, fine linen, goat hair. Okay, so let me just simply stop right here. So now God wants, he tells Moses, when he gets down, to tell the children of Israel to raise him a contribution. That is a, an, an offering for him. And this would be the offering that will constitute the things that will make the tabernacle and also two things that will make the priestly clothing. So, and then another thing that he said concerning the altar, the altar is to be a free will offering. Why? What did Paul say in Corinthians? For God loves a cheerful giver. No one is to be obligated to give the offering. They should give the offering of their own free will. And so should we, whenever we give an offering to the Lord or a gift unto the Lord for the service of the Lord, always do it cheerfully and of your own free will. And I don't want to get into a lot of details on the rest of that, but I would just simply say, you almost mute your offering. You mute it of any benefits when you give an offering grudgingly or unwillingly. And that's all I say about that. So before you give, test your heart. Give according to your heart. Even ask God to touch your heart that you might give freely and willingly. Okay, but anyway, so then he talks about the things that are involved in this heave offering. That's actually the word that is used literally here, but the ideas offering or contribution. The things that will be used here, gold, and we'll see that in the making of the tabernacle as well as the priestly vest, silver, same, bronze, same, blue, and we'll see that in the curtains that were erect in the tabernacle, okay? And we'll talk about all those things specifically as we get to it. The purple, the scarlet, fine linen, basically fine linen gets, speaks of that which is white and scarlet, that which is red, made of goat hair, Rams skins dyed red, porpoise skins. And so these things speak of the materials that the curtains would be made of. Then he says in verse number five, acacia wood. And that acacia wood we'll see basically for the articles that will be involved in the tabernacle. Okay, and we'll talk about those articles as we move through the text. Oil for lighting, spices for the anointing oil, and for the fragrant incense. And this oil will be used in the candelabra. We'll talk about that. You also understand it as the menorah, okay, or the lampstand that, stay, that sits in the holy place. Then he talked about the spices for anointing oil and the fragrant incense. And the incense you'll see will be used at the table of burnt incense, which will be before the Ark, the ark of the Covenant. But again, we're not trying to show you explicitly but talk about the usage for these particular things. Oinks, stones, and setting stones for the ephod and for the breast piece. And this will be stones that will be used in the breastplate 
for Aaron. Remember, Aaron will be Aaron will become the first high priest of Israel. And as the high priest of Israel, he had special clothing that clearly identified him in his service as the high priest. And this was to be ornaments of glory for Aaron because Aaron serves, he will serve literally as the mediator between the people and God. But ultimately we understand his service is unto the Lord on behalf of the people. And then God says in verse number eight, let them construct a sanctuary for me. And this is the tabernacle that we've been speaking of, the dwelling place where God will dwell, that I may what? Dwell among them. According to all that I'm going to show you as the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all his furniture, so just so you shall construct it. And so Moses is given precise uh, information on how to construct the tabernacle and all of the articles in it. And God somewhat gives him somewhat of a warning and simply says to him, make certain you build it exactly as I showed it unto you. And this we also see in the book of Hebrews, when the book of Hebrews speak that these very articles that are involved in the tabernacle that Moses will have constructed are nothing more than a shadow or similar to this same the same articles that are in the tabernacle of heaven. Yes, there is a tabernacle that is in heaven. Okay, not getting all of the details, but these articles are a reflection of the heavenly tabernacle. Verse number 10, they shall construct an ark of acacia wood, two and a half cubits long, one and a half cubits wide, and one and a half cubits high. Now, I'm not going to get into all of the measurements that are involved, but basically a cubit is about the span of an arm to the fingertips, by roughly about 18 inches, around that, okay? But, and this is now where he's talking about the Ark of the Covenant. So, the Ark of the Covenant is to have a construction that is made of acacia wood. Now, Remember I told you that all of these things speak of Christ? It is very possible as it speaks of wood here, the wood pertains because the Ark of the Covenant. Okay, the Ark of the Covenant is the most sacred item in the tabernacle. It is, it is literally the place where God will manifest his glory or where the glory of God will dwell. Sometimes you hear me simply say it that God localizes his presence at this particular place, okay? On this particular Ark of the Covenant. But as I was saying concerning that, and since the Ark of the Covenant, basically, let me back up a little bit. The Ark of the Covenant, for the most part, represents God himself. Okay. The whole tabernacle speaks of God himself, but the Ark of the Covenant is that particular piece of furniture that represents God himself dwelling amongst the people. It was the most sacred item. And therefore we understand this also represents Christ Jesus. But what I was going to say about the acacia wood is wood for the most part symbolizes the earthiness which we can think of, it speaks of the humanity of Christ. And as we continue to talk about the construction of the Ark of the Covenant, you'll see why this distinction is later made. But okay, but nevertheless, the wood, speaking of what? Jesus' humanity. He was both what? God and man. 
acacia wood. Then 11, you shall overlay it with pure gold inside and out. You shall overlay it and you shall make a gold molding around it. And so now he speaks of the gold that is overlaid around it. And this we will see in almost all of the articles that are inside the holy place and the most holy place. Okay. And so notice now he speaks of the gold. The gold speaks of the divinity of Christ. So notice we have both the wood and the gold. And you'll see this in a number of articles that are inside this particular dwelling. But the gold, once again, speaks of his what? Divinity. Okay. So the Lord God, that is Jesus, is both man and God, wood and gold. You shall cast four gold rings for it and fasten them on his four feet. And two rings shall be on one side of it and two rings on the other side of it. You shall make poles of acacia wood. Notice the acacia wood again. Overlay them with gold. Notice the gold again. The symbol, the symbol, symbolization remains the same. And simply what you'll see is, and I'm going to make sure that the picture will be on the uh, uh, in the teaching as I'm going along. You'll see the poles are actually given there so that the, the uh, this uh, Ark of the Covenant can be carried. Because remember, the tabernacle is moved from place to place. It is moved with the nation of Israel as they are journeying those 40 years until they actually get into the promised land and until they actually construct under Solomon a permanent place of worship, which will be the temple. But until then, these things are moved. That is the idea for the poles. You shall put the poles into the rings, put the poles in the, in the rings on the sides of the ark to carry the ark with them. The poles shall remain in the rings of the ark. They shall not be removed from it. You shall put into it, into the ark, the testimony which I shall give you. And so here he tells Moses that he will put in the covenant, that is the testimony of the Ten Commandments, those ten laws that Moses would be given. And this is indicative of the covenant that God makes with Israel. And it also speaks of that which binds God to the people and God's remembrance of his covenant with the nation of Israel. Okay. Uh, 17. You shall make a mercy seat of pure gold, two and a half cubits long and one and a half cubits wide. Okay, now we get into something with this Ark of the Covenant, which is basically a chest. Okay, it's a wooden chest overladen with gold. And now we get into what is called the mercy seat. And this is that covering that is over laying on top of the Ark of the Covenant. And this is to be made of solid gold. And this speaks clearly of the divine nature, the divinity of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we really begin to focus upon the Lord as we look at this part. Also, the mercy seat was a very unique item because we're going to find out in time, the high priest would come into the most holy place, which is where this Ark of the Covenant will be. And only the high priest will come once a year and he would come and take the blood of a goat and sprinkled it upon the mercy seat. Mer blood for himself and blood for his people. And this the high priest would do on the great day of atonement. That is seeking the national forgiveness for the sins of the nation. 
Okay, but that is this mercy seat and why it is so important. You shall make two cherubim of gold, make them of hammered work at the two ends of the mercy seat. Make one cherub at one end and one cherub at the other end. You shall make the cherubim of one piece with the mercy seat at its two ends. The cherubim shall have their wings spread upward, covering the mercy seat with their wings and facing one another. The faces of the cherubim are to be turned toward the mercy seat. Okay, so now we have the idea of the mercy seat and its construction in one piece with the mercy seat being covered on top of the mercy seat are two cherubim. Now remember the cherubs is the highest order of angel. They are the highest order of angel. No order, remember there are three orders of angels, cherubim, seraphim, and messenger angels. The messenger angels are the lowest, seraphim, mid, cherubim, high order, highest order of angels. So God will be dwelling, he'll be manifesting his glory in the midst of the cherubim, as the cherubim's wings are facing towards one another as they are upon top of the mercy seat. And so this is quite naturally befitting and speaks of the glory of the most high God, okay? Dwelling amongst his most glorious creature. By the way, remember Satan, the greatest creature ever made by God, was a cherubim himself. All right, we're continuing. 21, you shall put the mercy seat on top of the ark, and in the ark you shall put the testimony which I give you. God is simply repeating that. The, mercy, the, the covenant uh, laws will go into the ark, the, the golden seat and the cherubim go on the top. There I will meet with you, and from above, notice what he says, from above the mercy seat, from between the two cherubim, which are upon the ark of the testimony, I will speak to you about all that I will give you in the, you in commandment for the sons of Israel. So now you see why this particular article is the most holy. Notice what God said. It is on the ark of the covenant between the two cherubim that the glory of God will be made manifest and God will speak to Moses concerning all the commandments that he has for the sons of Israel. So God's localization of his presence will be, will be upon this sacred item called the Ark of the Covenant. Okay, guys, let's continue. Now we're going to deal with the showbread. As the Ark of the Covenant spoke of, the person of Christ, and remember we talked about the acacia wood and the gold and all of these things, okay? So do, do the remainder of these things, so does all of the tabernacle speak of Christ in some way or another. Now we get into what is called the table of showbread, or sometimes called the bread of the presence. Now, the whole idea of the table of showbread speaks of God's provision. God will provide. How does this speak of Christ? The world, mankind was lost. There was no hope. Even though Adam tried to make fig leaves to cover his sins, these things were not adequate. God himself had to make skins to cover Adam's sin. In other words, only God could provide 
for man. Only God could provide for man's needs and man's sins. Only God can atone for all of these things. And that's what the whole of the tabernacle speaks of. But in particular, concerning the showbread, it speaks of how God provides for his people. And God provides for his people through the one whom he has sent. That is Jesus, the Messiah. And one of the reasons why we call it the showbread, notice the bread that would be on top of the table. Go back to John. Remember what Jesus said? I am the bread of life or I am the bread that gives life. What does God provide? Life for his people. And how does he provide this life for his people? Through the table of showbread, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now let's go in into it. You shall make a table of acacia wood. Notice again the wood. Remember the wood speaks of the humanity of Jesus. Two cubits long, one cubit wide, and one and a half cubits high. You shall overlay it with pure gold. Remember what the gold stands for, the divine nature of Jesus. Jesus is God. And make a gold border around it. You shall make for it a rim of a handbreadth around it, and you shall make a gold border for the rim around it. And you can see that rim in the picture here. You shall make four gold rings for it and put rings in the four corners, which are on its four feet. The rings shall be close to the rim as soldiers, as holders for the poles to carry the tables. Like the Ark of the Covenant had poles to carry it, so also does the table of showbread. These articles are meant to be carried and quite clearly it is meant to be carried by two to four people. Okay. Depending on the weight, of course, the rings shall be close. Okay. You shall make the poles, verse 28 of acacia wood, same idea, wood overlay them with gold, same idea there. So that with them, the table may be carried, making the point again, you shall make its dishes and its pans and its jars and its bowls with which to pour drink offerings, you shall make them of pure gold. Now the items that are involved in the table of showbread are to be made of pure gold. Again, the idea is it speaks of the divinity of our Lord, the glory, the glorious nature of the Lord Jesus Christ. Same idea, acacia wood and gold is to be carried throughout these article teachings. That is the symbolism involved. You shall set the bread of the presence on the table before me at all times. That is the loaves, and we'll talk about the loaves later on, that are to be made uh, by the priest and set up on the table are to remain in the holy place all the time. Now, you hear me talk about the holy place, and then you hear me talk about the most holy place. You have to understand the construction of the tabernacle. Matter of fact, as we work through these things, somewhere in the teaching, I'm going to give you a full picture of the tabernacle. But for your understanding right now, the tabernacle basically had three compartments. It had an outer part to the tabernacle, and then it had the holy in the outer part. I'm not going to get into all of the articles that I found there, but there you're going to find the altar burnt offerings and things, and the 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 uh, the, the laver. You're going to find the altar burnt offering and the laver where the priest would actually wash. Then you will find a curtain and in that curtain, it would be a curtain on the sides and on the top completely where no artificial light can get into these things. This also speaks of Christ in the outside of it. 
you, where, the altar, where the altar burnt offering is, that's where the sacrifice was made. Blood was spilled. You dealt with sin. When there is sacrifice, blood spilled, you dealt with sin. When you come into the holy place where there is no light, you are now in the presence of God and you're walking according to the light of God because the only light that you're going to see in there is the candelabra. And I know I'm premature, but I'm just trying to help you out. I can't help it sometimes. But this would be in the holy place where we're talking about now the table of showbread and the candelabra and later on the altar of incense. These things are in the holy place. There is only one article in the most holy place. And that will be the Ark of the Covenant that we just got through talking about. Okay. And the idea is there is a natural procession that is from the outer court to the inner court, holy place, to the most holy place. Okay. And that's the idea of as man approaches God, you get closer and closer to the presence of of God. That's the idea of the tabernacle. All right. But anyway, so we are now going to deal with the lampstand. Now the lampstand is pretty much known as menorah or the candelabra. Okay. Or the golden lampstand. You're going to find out it is made of pure solid gold and it speaks of Christ. Why? The lampstand Remember, the lampstand is in the holy place where there is no artificial lighting that enters. Lighting is only in the outer court. Once you get into the holy place and the most holy place, no artificial light. In the most holy place, the light of God's glory, the Shekinah glory fills that place. In the holy place, the light of the candelabra or the lampstand here fills that place. It speaks of Jesus in that it gives light. And what does Jesus say? I am the light of the world. And also it speaks to the, what the psalmist said. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. What? Thy word is a light. Again, what did John say about Jesus? In the beginning was the word and the word was with God. The word was God. That word became flesh and his glory was seen. The light of Jesus was seen. So the candelabra speaks of Christ as he gives light direction for his people, even light unto all of the world so that the world may see and know of the father. Okay. But that's the candelabra 31. Then you shall make a lampstand of pure gold. Remember what the pure gold is, right? Speaking of Christ, divine nature, the divinity of Christ, the lampstand and its base and its shaft are to be hammered work. Its cups, its bulbs, and its flowers shall be of one piece. Now you're going to find out that the lampstand is going to be the most ornament piece in the tabernacle. It's going to be the, the prettiest one, the most, most beautifully designed single piece of solid gold in all of the tabernacle. Six branches shall go out from its sides, three branches from the branches of the lampstand from its one side, three branches of the lampstand from its other side. Three cups shall be shaped like almond blossoms in one branch, a bulb and the flower, and three cups shall shaped like almond blossoms in the other branch, a bulb and the flower for 
So for six branches going out of the lampstand, and all the same, as you can see in the picture, the six lampstands, the six and the single lampstand, the six branches that are going out, and the little cup that's on the top of it, to the which you have the oil placed in it, and also the little wick to the which it allow it allow it to burn and give light. Okay, and it's notice the almonds and blossoms speaks of. Uh, Number one, it speaks of the bounty and the fruitfulness of God. And then number two, you see the ornamentation of it, the beauty of the ornament. And always when you see things like almond and things of that nature, it does speak of fruitfulness in some way. But anyway, uh, 34. Did I read 34? I don't know. But if I didn't, let me just read it again. And in the lampstand, four cups shaped like almond blossoms and its bulbs and its flowers. A bulb shall be under the first pair of branches coming out of it. A bulb under the second pair of branches coming out of it. A bulb under the third pair of branches coming out of it. For the six branches coming out of the lampstand. So basically a bulb for each of those branches of the lampstands. Their bulbs and their branches shall be of one piece with it. All of it shall be one piece of hammered work of pure gold. Notice the idea again. Pure gold. Speaks of divinity. Okay, and all of it speaks of Christ. Then you shall make its lamp seven in number, and they shall mount its lamp so as to shed light on the space in front of it. Its snuffers and their trays shall be of pure gold. Now, notice again, the lamp is one solid piece, and all together there will be seven, like uh, it be six branches, three on one side, three on another side, and in the middle, that's the one that makes the seventh. And, and notice again, too, the idea of seven. Seven always speaks of completion, okay? Seven always speaks of perfection. Completion and perfection. And when we speak of our Lord Jesus, he is that perfect Lamb of God. He is the one who is perfect in all his ways. As God said at Jesus' own baptism, this is my beloved Son, in him I am well pleased. He has done no sin and neither was deceit found in his mouth. He is perfect. But anyway, so his snuffers and their trays should be, and a snuffer basically is the thing that's concerning with the wick, the wick that comes out of the little bulb, okay? And the, the little things that you use to put it uh, um, to service, to service <laughs> the wick. The snuffers and their trays shall be a pure gold. It shall be made from a talent of pure gold with all these utensils. Again, notice the warning. Uh, and I'm saying warning, but you can see God is given in a sense of a warning because he wants Moses to do it precisely like he said. See that you make them after the pattern for them, which was shown to you on the mountain. So when you go down, and you take these offerings from these people and you begin to build it, that is to have them to build these things, make certain it is built according to my precise description. And as we said, as the writer of Hebrews say, because these things speak of the things that are found in the tabernacle of heaven. All right, guys, I hope you didn't get too bored with that. But I also want to provide to you some spiritual insight into the tabernacle. A lot of times when people read these things, they get really bored and they miss the overall beauty of the point. 
that is the tabernacle speaks of Jesus our Messiah and it also speaks not only of his person and nature but even the things that he accomplishes or should we even say at this point things that he will accomplish but anyway thanks for joining me on that join me next time as we continue on dealing with the articles involved in the tabernacle and give spiritual insight to how they speak of our Lord see you next time